0: Hey everybody, welcome to The Blacklist, the show where we interview the elite to see how they got there and basically to kind of showcase to the world, you know, what steps you need to take in order to get there. So right now we have John White. Um, and for, you know, people that don't know you, John, you know, give yourself a brief introduction before we kind of dive into things.
1: Sure. Thanks, Ulysses. First off, it's a pleasure to be here with you. Thanks so much for having me on. Um, so my name's John White. I live in Fort Collins, Colorado uh, with uh, my two daughters and wife. And I am the founder of social marketing solutions or SMS for short. We are a marketing and PR agency, work with entrepreneurs, uh, small business owners and we help them build their brand. Um, so we, uh, help them with their marketing, their content creation, social media presence, um, getting them booked on podcasts, such yeah. as this one and getting them in the media so they can tell their story and, and, you know, show the world just how smart they are and, and all the cool stuff that they have going on. And i um, been doing social marketing solutions for seven years after a uh, run as a Spanish teacher and then uh, in the corporate world. So I'm on career number three. Uh, I'm living proof that people can transition um, out of something they don't like into something they love. Yep. And uh, on the personal side, a bit of a uh, Mexican foodaholic. Also like to play tennis, and uh, I live in Colorado, so uh, close to the mountains. Love to go hiking with my family.
0: Yeah, no, that's good. And I think you know, in today's day and age, I think it's only going to get bigger. But um, right now, there's so many people that are building personal brands, and I think they can see the benefit of that. It's like people want to connect with people, and they like the stories that come from that person and you know, for example, people that I follow on social media is because I either look up to them or uh, obviously I know them. Um, but without that, I feel like it would just be bland, right? So you kind of help, uh, solidify that for a lot of your clientele. How does the first step look like to kind of identifying your personal brand and then kind of putting that out there? Yeah, I think it's all about, you know, deciding
1: that you want to be a storyteller. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people, they, they struggle with that step. They don't want to put their self out there. They, they don't feel that they're interesting enough. You know, they look at, um, you know, the, the top people out there that are, are have millions of followers and, and they get, you know, they, they're afraid to get started, right? They're, they have that imposter syndrome, which is so hard to overcome. Yeah. So I think, you know, the first step is literally just to get started. You know, even if you don't have like rock solid content yet, um, like with anything else, you, you have to start and you have to, um, put it out, put yourself out there. And it's, it's a tough step to take because like I said, there's that imposter syndrome, you know, there's uh, people that are so good at it already. And, and you're kind of afraid to put yourself out there with those people that are already yep. you know doing so well. So, you know, my advice is to, you know, don't wait for that perfect day to like, okay, this is the day that, you know, I'm finally ready to start building my brand. Cause that's never going to happen. Um, you just have to, you know, bite the bullet and decide that you're going to put yourself out there and start creating content that uh, shows your expertise and really just go for it.
0: Yeah. And, you know, for, for people that are like, you know, on the fence, why is it important for them to actually go for it? Why, why why can't they just, you know, not do it at all and, you know, just stick with their company brand or, you know, kind of stay in the back end? Sure. So I think, you know, with, with today's um, business
1: model. So many people are looking to connect on a human level with who they do business with. It's true. And, you know, they've been advertised to from brands uh, over and over and to the point of Ignazium that, you know, they, they just, you know, they, they put up their a wall to, to that type of corporate advertising. And, and it's been done, you know, for, for so many years and so, so long Again, I think people are tired of that messaging, and I think the messaging that people relate to is uh, other humans. And the more you can humanize yourself um, and create that, um, you know, brand and, and personality for people to connect with, um, I think it just makes you easier to, to do business with, and it, it makes you easier to be found. Um, you know i'm a, a great example of, of someone that had no personal brand just seven years ago like you could have googled my name and scrolled like the first million pages <laughs> on google and you would have found a lot of other john whites but you would have never found me and and so um you know again if someone like me that can can transition from a, um, a place in my career where i was really dreading to go to work every day hated my job Um, you know, it spread into my personal life and, and affected every, all my relationships my, with my family, friends. And, you know, it wasn't until I'd really decided that I wanted to start building my own brand and my own, you know, company and, and, and have my own piece of the pie, if you will, that things started to, to change for me. You know, I was always in the, I was in the corporate world. I was, uh, working for the man. I was, you know, kissing up to middle management and, uh, I felt like I was in that constant hamster wheel. Like I would, you know, take a few steps forward and then it would spin backwards and, and just it never really got anywhere. Just kind of going round and round. Um, and again, you know, the main thing was that I was just unhappy with what I was doing. Yeah. And so I decided to stop, like I said, you know, building corporate brands and, and padding, you know, middle management salaries and go out and, and create something for myself and so um that was a huge turning point in my life and in my career when i decided to to go out and and do that for
0: myself yeah and what's different now like you know compare your life from back then to where you are right now because i know you work with some big high-level clientele um yeah large following on twitter like you know connections with a ton of people in the media um what's life like now yeah so um you know, first off, I, I get to choose who I want to do
1: business with. And I think that's really been um, a, a big, you know, um, a huge swinging f- factor for me in terms of leveling up my career. And um, what I mean by that is when I was in the corporate world, I was always, you know, kissing ass to these middle managers and, and, and it was always a, a, a what have you done for me lately? Um, <laughs> scenario. And yeah. it was like that each and every month, you know, I was in B2B sales and, um, you know, you could crush it one month and the next month, you know, you're, you're a zero, you, you know, and, and, and you're just, you're constantly, um, having to live in that world where it's, um, each and every month, there's just so much pressure. Um, and you know, I, dealing with these egos, uh, and I thought that I, you know, for the longest time that th- those people were, uh, you know, better than me because they had a higher title than me. And, and, and I lived in that world trying to, to, um, to survive in that corporate environment. And, you know, I had to put up with a lot of um, abuse from management. I had some really bad managers that um, were verbally abusive and um, really did everything I could to crush my confidence. Yeah. And um, you know, what's different now is, is that I've, you know, I create my own narrative and I work with who I, I want to work with. If, if there's, you know, a client that's not a good fit for me, I can just walk away from that situation. Whereas, and you know, before I was kind of forced into, um, fitting, you know, inside of a box in the corporate world and right. having to work for people that, you know, that were abusive to me and that didn't have my best interests in, in mind. And, you know, now I've, um, done things like, uh, putting out my own content and, and, um, you know, that, that went better than I could have ever imagined. I I was one of the first bloggers on LinkedIn back in 2014. And I I wrote a piece about my time in the corporate world called seven management traits that will make all your employees quit. Yeah. And that really, um, it kind of was the moment that everything came full circle for me. Um, that article got well over a million views within 24 hours. And, um, I was getting offers to to write professionally, and people were wanting to know how much I charge yeah. for an article. And I didn't even have a rate um, at that at that point in time, so had to quickly, um, you know, develop a, a a company because I was getting requests for my services, and that was through just putting out content. And like I said, I wrote the one article, and that one article led to others, and then that's when the shift really kind of started to happen is people started contacting me and offering me opportunities. Whereas in the past it was always me reaching out, um, cold calling, emailing, cold emailing, uh, trying to create opportunities for myself. It was all outbound generated and, um, really made that switch to an inbound model. Not that, you know, uh, I don't do outbound still, but it, it really was a, a monumental switch from, you know, me being the one pitching to, um, people approaching me because they, they saw my articles or they saw my tweets or, or posts. So that's really where the, the big, the big change happened for me.
0: Yeah. And I, I always like to say that life for the influencer is easier. Um, because like you said, right, you were in a position where once you had to kind of reach out for business and then now you're in a position where business kind of comes to you. And that's just such a great place to be because you you the amount of effort that you put in to get to close a deal is a minimal compared to somebody else that has no personal brand that has no following that has not contributed to the media that has you know no level of credibility like you know the credibility that you have so what is your advice i I think it kind of goes back to our personal branding topic where it's like it's very important now to 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 set to set one up so that way they're interacting with you know people so for companies you know, that are on the fence that don't want to do that. This is exactly why, right? John White is living proof. I'm living proof. There's so many people that, you know, we probably know of that are living proof of that. Um, and, you know, what, what about some of the high-level stuff that you end up doing um, to kind of accelerate that process for them? Because sometimes personal branding can be a long journey, um, and I think that's natural. But what do you do to kind of expedite that process with your marketing and, and PR?
1: Yeah, so I think the first thing to point out is some people cringe at the, the term personal brand. Um, they, they think that, you know, you have to be like some celebrity or, or influencer to have a personal brand. And I think that, you know, you have to get, you have to get beyond that and, and really personal brand is just a a fancier term for reputation. And so when you, you, when you start putting it in the terms that people can relate to is, okay, well, you don't have a personal brand, but I bet you have a reputation, you know, in your community, in your circle, um, you know, from, from your past work, everyone has a reputation. And so, you know, really to have a personal brand, you don't need to be an influencer or a celebrity. Um, So I think you're just focusing on, on, you know, what, what I'm doing, how does it impact my circle? How does it impact my world? And how does that impact my reputation and people's desire to want to do business with me? Yeah. So I think, you know, you have to, you have to, to put out content to, to really put, make a name for yourself. And for me, it was blogging and writing for other people, maybe it's TikToks, short videos. Uh-huh. Um, you know, maybe it's uh, tweets. Maybe it's it's longer form video on YouTube. So I think you know, really, you got to develop a sweet spot for your content. Yeah, and figure out what you're good at, and um, and then start um, by putting out content that really is in the thought leadership lane. You know, start out with hey, w- what am I good at? What what do I know that um, other people will w- you desire to to know as well what information do I have that adds value to my network, and when you start from from that perspective in terms of what is my audience wanting to see from a guy like me, then you can start building uh, your your personal brand, your reputation, your value. Um, so I think it's it's an it's really important to to be able to put out content and and to do that on the regular.
0: Yeah, and. Um, when you mean by, you know, do it on the regular, how often? Because I know, you know, ton of people are gonna say, I don't have time, you know, or I need to be focusing on things that move the needle. But um I think this is a long term play that reaps benefits, you know, down the road, um, you know, a long time from now. So um, how often should they be putting content? You did a very good job of explaining what type of content, right? It's not necessarily about them. It's about the audience and what they want to see from someone like you or from you um so how often should they do it and how do they determine if it's video writing blogging because there's so many ways to do it you know yeah um a lot of people think they you know there's this term omnipresence
1: out there yeah and and that's a buzzword right now and it kind of you know means that you want to have a presence and, and and be out there continuously right so that you know there's no gaps in in terms of um the content you're putting out there but then people ask well what does that look like for me? Is that like daily? Is it two times a day, three times a day? Is it once a week? And I think that, you know, everyone's a little bit different and I, I think that you should go in your natural rhythm, <clears throat> excuse me. And, um, that takes time to develop. So, um, I don't think you should, you know, go and, 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 and overextend yourself, right? Because then you're not really putting out quality content. You're just putting out content to put out content So I think, you know, everyone's natural rhythm is slightly different. And I think that you have to kind of figure that out for yourself. Now, the one thing I would caution people against is, um, you know, taking long breaks. You know, a lot lot of time I'll I'll see people, they want to start a personal brand and and then they go gangbuster on it and they're posting like five times a day for like three weeks and then they get burnt out, you know, and they, they don't you know, then it's six months later, then they try again. And and yeah, you know, so there needs to be a, um, some consistency to it so that you're, you're, you're in front of your audience, and they're not forgetting about you. So don't start and stop. Uh, work to develop that natural rhythm so that, you know, you're able to put out content at your own pace that keeps you in front of an audience. And, um, you know, there's really two ways to to put out you know, content. One is to educate your audience. I mean, people come to the internet because they want to learn yeah, or they want to be entertained. So yep. what, what are you doing in your life? That's interesting and that other people may find interesting. So, you know, here I am today in Las Vegas at blue wire studios. So, um, definitely a post worthy event for me, um, you know, to, to post about that's something that, that people might find interesting so, um, so you can entertain, you can educate, or you can make them laugh. And right. and those are kind of the three content pillars that really are the most effective out there.
0: Yeah. One question that I had is when you started writing articles, you know, and you started getting offered to write at, you know, massive publications, um, that was kind of your thing, right? It's blogging. Um, how do you determine what, you know, not just what the audience wants to hear, but at the same time, something that will go viral, like, you know your post that hit a million under 24 hours because some people might create content and it gets like 10 views, right. And they're continuing, continuing to create content that maybe is not engaging that is just value, you know, driven, but if it's only value driven and not entertaining, then, you know, it might not get through to people. So what's your th- thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I think you have to have a good, a good mix of, of different types of content and you got to experiment with different types of content to see what's going to work best for you. And, um, you know, you, you can't get discouraged by the low view count. Yep. Uh, you have to just learn from, from it and move on and, and, and get better at it. You know, um, even that million view blog post I wrote seven years ago, I look back at some of that content that was successful back then and, um, kind of, kind of cringeworthy, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I think you have to you know, again, I think people are waiting for that perfect moment to get started you know, that perfect piece of content. And I think you just, you, you have to get started putting content out there, experimenting with it and seeing what's going to work for you. And sometimes the, the piece that you think is just going to go mega viral, you know, this is the one and it, it's a flop and others, you know, you put out in it and it does exceedingly better than you could have ever imagined. So um, I think that you know, in addition to being entertaining, making people laugh, and educating, I think people really like uh, vulnerable. And if you can show a little bit of vulnerability, um, then I think you, you go a long way of, of resonating with your audience. Yeah, because you know the, the internet is so much glorifying um, people's lives. You know, it's it's little snapshots of you know things that maybe aren't their reality. You know, and and people see that. And then they start having, um, you know, they start comparing themselves to what they see on the internet, and that can be really damaging to people's, um, you know, their mental health if they start doing that if they go down that road. Right. So I think, you know, you, you just have to 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 keep it real, and you have to, um, you know, let do the best for you for yourself in terms of your own content. And, and like with anything else, the the more you do it, the better you get at it. So um, you got to find a way to get started and you have to find a way to stay consistent at it. And if you can do
0: that, then you'll find your, you'll find your groove. Yeah. Well, John, we appreciate you. Where can people find you and where are you at the most? (laughs) I'm on Twitter the
1: most. Um, So you can find me at Juan Blanco 76 on Twitter. And that's just John White in Spanish. Um, for those of you that no hablan Espanol. <laughs> Damn, you do a good job. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> uh, I was, I was an exchange student in Spain and that's where I got that nickname. Yeah. Um, uh, but I'm also Juan Blanco 76
0: on Instagram too. So, uh, Twitter and Instagram, good place to find me. Cool. Well, thank you so much, dude. I appreciate you being on the show. Looking forward to having you again. All right. Thanks, man. Thank you. He's not.